So I wanted to do an episode. Uh, I got asked this morning a question. It was a very good question. Um, and of course, a lot of people talk about it. Of course, if you follow psychology, if you follow qualified doctors and all of that good stuff, you would, uh, I'm sure you hear about Uh, victims of abuse whether it be psychological emotional or physical abuse and how we have victims have particular attachments to them so this morning the question I got asked after my yesterday's podcast was why didn't I leave um it's a good question and I think a lot of people that hear stories or they see someone going through abuse and they a lot of people do this not 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 just anyone a lot of people do say that you know to the victim who's been through abuse or to the person I I don't like I don't really like using the word the word victim so I'm just going to use the person who gets hurt or the person who gets abused because I feel like the victim word is thrown around a bit too much lately and it's over overrated for some reason a lot of people something small happens and they're like oh we're a victim and I think a victim to me is a very strong word and should only be used for people who have actually been a victim so but then again when you call someone victim I personally wouldn't call myself a victim because I feel like I'm asking for pity or sympathy, or I want someone to feel bad for me, which isn't the case. I, I hate those things, absolutely hate them. Um, if someone shows me pity, I literally will turn into a sarcastic motherfucker. Like, nah, don't, don't fucking show me pity. Don't do, oh, I feel so bad for you. Because it's like, no, do I, do I look like a child to you? No, don't do that, please. It, it irritates me, it annoys me. Anyways, so... Yeah, uh, you know, my, like I said in a previous podcast, my daughter's dad, he left in just the beginning of 2019. Uh, our daughter, she was roughly around five months old. Um, he left and a lot of people said, oh, you could have left him before, you, you know, I did get those questions. Or the fact that, you know, we tend to say if we hear someone going through abuse we or a terrible relationship, we say, well, you can leave them, you know. You do have a choice. It's easier said than done. And I'm going to reflect on my my experience, which I think will relate to a lot of people out there. When you're in a relationship... And you already, or you've grown up in a home environment where it's a broken home. And you, since a child, you've not had the chance to build on your confidence, your um, your self-esteem, or, you know, be. you've never had the strong character foundations built in you, or helped, or you haven't had the time, you know. The, the 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 growing self-growing that you do as a child that every parent instills in their children that is you know love uh, commit uh, not commitment sorry communication understanding trust and all that and when you haven't had that as you grow up the environment you grow up in like I did I grew up in a very neglectful abusive environment 
That is what I thought was love. And I was always told and I was always belittled that I could never be anything or I could never do anything by myself. Anything that I tried to do was always, you know, oh, it's not good enough. Oh, I can do better. Oh, you can't do these simple things. So I was always grown up and even in my relationships, I was always told this. So when you're in a relationship and the person is an abuser and they're treating you badly, you get to a point, they they drain so much out of you that you eventually, you, you get scared of being alone. It's the biggest fear. It's like, you know, you you end up thinking, I can't do this alone. I can't survive this alone. I can't I can't raise my children alone. Mm-hmm. I can't handle the finances. I can't handle myself on my own. You keep on repeating this to yourself because you, that is all that you've been brainwashed with, what your thinking is, or what you've been told to think, or what you, you know, um, you've been given that, okay, you can't do anything by yourself. You And then you start living in that fear. You're scared of letting go of the one person that you have next to you, good or bad, whatever he's doing or whatever she's doing, doesn't matter of gender, by the way, whatever they're doing is like, that's the only thing you can find because we don't, I mean, in my case, I never had that confidence. I was shit scared of being on my own. I thought I'd never make it. I thought I couldn't survive. I thought that was the attention that I was getting, the, the, the attention that I was getting from my ex or my partner at the time was all that I deserved. That is all that I was ever going to get in my life. And I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to fight myself alone. I didn't want to fight all the struggles alone. I didn't want to be alone. So, unfortunately, it's easier said than done. There is also an attachment to abuse. And this is going to sound very wrong and very sad, but it's reality. When you go through a lot of abuse in your life, especially childhood, and I say childhood because when you're a child, children are sponges. They soak everything in. And you have to be very, very careful what you're passing and what you're saying in front of your child or what you're showing, not even saying what you're showing because they remember the actions more than the, they remember the words. I mean, if you are a couple, you're married or whatever, and you've got kids and you're arguing in front of your child, trust me, that aggression, that negative energy, they're going to remember. They're not going to remember exactly what you said, but they're going to remember how you two were, how your expressions were, how you were aggressive, what your tone was. They're going to remember that shit. Kids are sponges. So when a child, you have to look at it this way. When a child grows up in an abusive environment or neglectful environment, that is all that they have soaked in. That is all that they understand. That is all that they have been taught. So as they grow older, they will. Some some do look for, like me, in my case, I wanted to be different. I didn't want the same. I wanted the pain to go away. I wanted someone to love me. 
I wanted someone to understand me, listen to me. I wanted attention as well, just as much as the other person. But when I never got that, I got used to of abuse and neglect. I got used to of being abandoned. I got used to of being let down. I got used to of being disappointed. I got used to of being betrayed. So it was something that was kind of like a comfort to me. And I know this sounds very wrong and sounds very confusing. But if you have a research on this and you go to like qualified doctors or psychologists, therapists, they will tell you the same thing. They might word it in a very professional term, but they will tell you roughly the same thing. It's like an attachment, a comfort, and it's all that I knew. So I would comfort myself with the fact that, well, at least I have someone. No matter how abusive, at least I have, you know, I'd hold on to the good days and say, well, he does do this, you know, he, he gives me this attention on these days. It's okay. I will keep on telling myself that along with the fact that of fear of being alone. Hence, I didn't let go sooner when I should have let go sooner. But I'm not, I'm past that phase where I used to, and trust me, you know, I used to question myself. The why didn't I leave sooner? Why couldn't I let go? Why Why did I think that I couldn't live without that person? Why did I think that I would, why did I think he was everything? When that wasn't the case, I, could, I lived happily for almost two years being single, you know, and not giving a shit, not giving a damn, and just doing me and learning and, you know, investing in myself. I did think these things. But abuse is so... Physically, again, I think all of us have heard this growing up in primary school. And our teachers used to say this to us. Sticks, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never, um, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, words will never mend my heart or something, never heal. Something like that. That is very true. And actually, I've carried that all my life with me. Words never heal. Words break you. Words are the worst things that an abuser uses. What they say to you is detrimental. Yes, physical abuse is the same. I'm not saying it's not. But the whatever your abuser says to you emotionally, manipulatively, or, you know, whatever the nasty things he throws at you or she throws at you, that stays in your memory, that goes, that processes in your mind and somewhere in the corner of your brain, you will never, ever forget those words. No matter how much you've worked on yourself, no matter how much you've healed or you've gone on that journey, nobody can come and say to me, that they forgot the words that once broke them. They can never say that. Because we always remember. We always do. It's at the back of our head. It might be vague. But we remember the shit someone did to us when we were, you know, when we were just not ourselves. And we hadn't discovered ourselves or we hadn't worked on ourselves. We remember that shit. Physical pain, yes, some of us, you know, get abused too much physically where we end up losing our lives or we end up in serious hospitals, hospital situation. But the thing is, those wounds, and I know this is going to sound really bad, but those wounds can be healed. 
those wounds get mended because you can see that they can close up. You're again, but you're not going to forget about them. Of course, every time someone touches you in a certain spot and you had a bruise over there, you're going to remember it. Every time you look at yourself naked in the mirror, you're going to remember it. So point is, you never forget the things an abuser does. Simple. But words are lethal. Words will literally break you. To the point someone can, for one week, trust me on this, for one week, if someone came to you and just for one week literally belittled and degraded you and said the most awful shit that they could just conjure, by the end of that week, no matter how positive you are, no matter what your mindset is, no matter how strong you think you are, no matter what you've done, I don't care, after that one th- one week... There's going to be a voice or at the back of your head or inside of you saying, maybe that person is right. Maybe I am this. You will doubt. There will be a doubt within you. Give it two more weeks and you will be broken down. So words are lethal. Words, this is why we have to think before we speak. This is why we have to be careful what we say. And especially in front of children. You have to be careful. So that is my answer to the fact that, you know, why I could never leave. Because, of course, I had been abused and it was my comfort. And that is all I knew. So I thought, I'm not going to get anything better than this, you know, because that is the environment that I grew up in, unfortunately. Another thing. Oh, sorry, guys. I am very tired because I... Like, my work mentally drains me. Physically, not so much anymore, because I don't run around. But mentally, it fucking tires and drains me. Um, Another thing that I wanted to touch base on. Um, Yeah, I will, of course, a lot of you guys know that I had a relationship recently. It's been, what, over, I think, 10, 11 weeks. We've been broken up and... It's my past and we were together for a year. I want to touch base on just the fact of what happened in that relationship or I'm not going to go in depth right now. I'm going to make another episode and go in depth into that one. Everything that you heard in my episodes, everything that I've mentioned about my life, everything... um, You know, and the reason why I'm going to talk about this is because... I never set up boundaries before. I never knew what boundaries were. I never knew my mental health properly. I never knew the consequences of it. I I wasn't as self-aware as I am now. And as I was at least a year and a half to two years ago when my daughter's dad left. These are relationships that I think need to be addressed and need to be stayed away. There are a few points. And why I say that, I need to rephrase this actually. These are not relationships, but these are a few things that people need to understand, especially people with mental health. And in general, if you don't suffer from any mental health, you're lucky you. I'm happy for you. Good for that. You know, but people with mental health, When you have done your self-discovery and you've understood and you've become self-aware of your triggers and what you have, 
make sure I've done this mistake recently and I think it was a lesson for me and I learned. I am learning still from it and I hope to apply it in the future. Um, although I, I'm, I'm very hopeless when it comes to me wanting another relationship because I, 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 I'm happy. I, I fucking thrive when I'm on my own and I don't have to worry about other people's fucking bullshit. Um, although, although by nature I'm an empath and empath means basically you fucking take the shirt off your back and you will fix anything and everyone and just fucking heal whoever the fuck you can. But me, I am an empath, but I've become more self-orientated where I am a little bit selfish and I put myself first and I don't care about any any other person's bullshit really. Unless you're a friend and you really, really need someone to talk to, then my arms are open for you. But I generally don't really, I don't, I don't like getting involved in other people's business. Unless it's serious. Or it's my friends. Um, no matter how much you've healed or you've gone on that self-journey or you've done the self-awareness, like I said, you can still fall into traps. You can still fall into testing situations just so that it's kind of like, I don't know, I, I do believe in the universe and I am very spiritual and I do believe in that stuff. I'm not very spiritual, but I do believe in that. So I'm going to use those words such as universe, okay? The universe will test you at points. It's kind of like the world giving you a test of, okay, you think you have found self-awareness you are doing good you're well and you know you're mentally strong now you're capable you're you're still healing but you know we're gonna test you we're gonna just give you a little test to see if you stick by what you have learned so I think me in my past with my recent ex that was sort of a test for me if I had actually learned and was going to stick by my words of my boundaries and the fact that I wasn't going to miss out on the red flags or I was, you know, was I still going to be the same person who's going to let someone walk over me and disrespect me? Now, I knew what healthy boundaries were from the get-go. I knew exactly what I wanted and what I didn't want. That is called healthy boundaries. When you start out as a mental health, when you have anxiety, when you have PTSD or depression or BPD or whatever you've got, right? Apart from the crazy mental health, but again, go back to my previous episodes if you're wondering what am I talking about between crazy mental health and just the normal mental health, which is the consequences of pain and trauma. Um, you're gonna, whenever you start, you know, really liking someone and you really liking you really start liking someone and like you 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 go ahead and you put want to put all your cards on the table and you want to be honest you set up those boundaries you say okay look these are the few things that I that have happened in my past and these are kind of like my triggers and I don't like this so I would just request you don't do these kind of things which is a hundred and fucking fifty percent correct let me tell you that is correct you're not being selfish in setting those boundaries but stand by those boundaries if they're disrespected once okay fair enough twice get the fuck out like seriously Pick your fucking shit and get the fuck out. Don't let someone disrespect you for the fucking third time. Sec once is okay. Mistakes happen. Second time, no, 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 leave. My experience, 
I set up those healthy boundaries. I told the truth. I was honest. There was nothing that I hid. I told someone about all of my past, my most darkest things. And usually before this podcast, trust me, I was a very quiet person. I don't really talk about my life and I don't like to because, again, there's a lot of pain there. And there's a lot of memories that I don't want. I have PTSD. I relive them and it's not nice. But, you know, I'm strong. So now it doesn't it doesn't really affect me as much. But in my experience in my last relationship, I let someone disrespect my boundaries on numerous occasions and do the same things over and over again. And I stood by and I was like, because my thinking, and it's always been that thinking, I always say it's kind of like humbling towards me. I humble myself, I ground myself, and I'm like, you know, I'm full of mistakes. I'm not perfect at all. Trust me, I am not fucking perfect, but... If I want someone to accept me, I need to accept them the way they are. That is my love. That is how I love. I will accept the person the way they are. I won't try to change them. I will hope that they understand my boundaries and just respect them. That's it. Another big thing that I learned, and I think I had a little discussion with a friend of mine about communication I know the first boundary that I set up, one of the boundaries that I set up, and I stand firm on this, and I will stand firm on this with whoever comes into my life in the future, which I'm doubting, but, you know, whoever comes in, or even if it's a friend. Communication is the fucking essential part of a healthy relationship. No matter you got mental health, no matter you're a normal person, I don't give a shit. Communication is super healthy and should be done. With communication, that comes across as, please don't say, I need some space. Or I need, uh, don't give the other, don't give each other silent treatment because that's not going to work. That's unhealthy. Silent treatment, asking for space or uh, unhealthy space. Okay, I'll tell you what healthy space is. Asking for unhealthy space. giving the silent treatment, talking over that person, not letting them fucking finish, listening, but not listening to understand, and listening and getting annoyed with them expressing their feelings or how they are feeling. That's fucked up. That's unhealthy. Okay? Healthy way. Let me tell you a healthy communicative way, which comes together with communication and the fact of space in a healthy relationship when a partner one of you says you know we give you an example you guys have a heated argument or whatever you're both going at it one of you steps in and says you know what time out let's take a couple of hours step away from this okay i still love you We both love each other, okay? We're a team. We'll get through this, but we need to step away for right now because we're saying a lot of things that, you know, we don't mean and a lot of bitching that's going back and forth, right? We need to take a couple of hours. Let's step back. You step back and you self-reflect on that situation calmly with a clear mind, 
Both of you do. And once you've self-reflected, you come back and you talk about it. But in that talk, you take account for your, you take accountability for the mistakes that you made. And the other person should do vice versa. There's the unhealthy way of this is, I'll tell you. Unhealthy way is when the person is trying to explain their emotions, they're trying to express to you, they're trying to tell you their feelings, how a certain thing that you are doing is affecting them and it's not healthy and you turn around and you say, you know what, fuck you, blah, 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 I need some, I, 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 I want to break up and this is too much and you go and tell other people about that argument but you only tell what the other person said. You don't tell your side. You don't take accountability for your shit, but you go ahead and throw the other person's negative stuff. So this is what will happen. Whoever you go to, they will only take the negative aspects that you're telling of your person. And they will look at that person in a very judgmental, stereotypical way. And they will agree with you and tell you some of these things you deserve better you don't need to put up with that you are right these words are common because that person's only heard one side of the story not the two sides and it's 95 percent of relationships go through this shit all the time now let me tell you what a healthy again Space and communication, let me tell you what's healthy. I've already spoken about, you know, when you take time out, you, you, you say that during the argument, you take like five minutes just to fucking switch off and you say, you know what, we need to take a couple of hours separately, babe. I love you, but we need to, right now, we're butting heads and we're not really getting anywhere. We're going in cycle. So let's just, just take a couple of time out, right? That's healthy. And in that moment, when you are self-reflecting and you go to a person like a friend or something, and I'll give you an example. I have a best friend, right? He's a guy. He's older than me. Never in my relationship did I... I only went to him once or twice. Only after my relationship, I went to him and I told him everything. Funny enough, my best friend is such a good person. He not only will tell me where I fucked up, or where I am fucking up. But he will look at the other person as well. He will look at both sides. Mine and he, and and the other person's. And then give me advice. That is healthy. That is very healthy. You know why? Because an outsider, neutral person can see not only your mistakes. But the other person's mistakes. And funny enough, when they see your mistakes, that gives you more clarification on your self-reflection. That is okay to do. That's fine. Another thing that happens, which is most common, and I've experienced this and I don't agree with it at all. Again, boundaries. Shit stays private in your relationship. For a reason. Because when two people find love or they find happiness or they find that bond and they, you know, they, they're building. They look like they complement each other at the good times. Not the bad, but at the good times. Trust me, 80% of the people around you are going to be fucking envious of you. You know why? 
because they haven't done their they don't know how to fucking express they they can't be alone and they look at you guys and they're you know they look at how happy you guys are and that bitterness that jealousy that negative energy influences you guys okay that that's an influence an outside influence so be careful who you go and share your relationship shit with because not everybody is meant to be trusted with something that is private to you and your person. Nobody should know about your business unless, 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 don't take this another way because a lot of people take it the other way. Unless you're in a severe, severely abusive relationship, then get the fuck out. Then go tell your fucking friend. Just get the fuck out. That's it. Simple. There is no talk about that one. Then you share that bullshit. Don't do what I did. Sit there in silent and fucking take it all the time. No, don't don't fucking do that because you're you're wasting your energy, your time. You are literally putting up a mask and you're drowning your emotions and you're drowning your pain. You are mentally, emotionally, psychologically killing yourself, basically. Okay? You're killing yourself. So don't do that. But you know, another thing that I put up a boundary for because I had it in the past. Of course, I've been cheated on. I've been lied to. I've had my exes literally talk to their fucking exes during our relationship or talk to. I have nothing wrong with female friends or the opposite sex friends. Every guy has a female. We live in a fucking, come on, we, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. What generation? Are we in the fucking barbarian era? No, we ain't. I am mature enough to understand a male has female friends and a female is going to have... My best friend's a fucking male, right? But what in... And I think I will relate to most women on this. Most women will relate to me on this. Sorry, I worded that uh, incorrectly. Most women will relate to me. I shit you not. Most of us women, including me, will tell you up front, make us feel comfortable. If we have had in the past, we have trust issues, we have all of that, okay? We know, we are aware of it, don't tell us, we know it. But when we know that you have a female friend and you have females around you, make us priority and make us fucking feel comfortable. Don't don't be sneaky. Don't be fucking, you know, don't, don't, don't play those mind games. Don't emotionally blackmail us. Don't emotionally fucking manipulate us. Like we don't, we aren't shit. No, we know, we know exactly what goes on. But the thing is, if we did the same thing as like guys or, you know, whatever gender, this, this can be, this can go for both ways. Let me just rephrase that. Forget about women. This can go both ways. It can go for guys or men or whatever gender, whatever gender you specify as. Let's, let's just let's just put it that way, okay? Don't let the person feel uncomfortable. If the person is self-aware, they know about their mental health. They know they've come in terms with their past. They're on that healing journey. They're they're doing their self-discovery. Then make them feel comfortable. How you make them feel comfortable? And I'll give you an example. Me and my best friend, he's a male. He has a girlfriend. She is the love of his life. Now, I know, you know, their relationship a little bit. And the biggest thing is, 
I will never overly text him because of the fact that I respect his girlfriend and I respect him and I'm genuinely happy for them. So I'm not going to bother him with shit that, you know, yes, if I'm in a crisis, I'm going to, of course, reach out and speak to him. But I'm not going to bother him because he's in a relationship. That's called respect. That's called taking a step back and letting him make her the priority because she's the priority she's not heavier than me i she's not second option if i don't want to be treated like that ever in a relationship then i got to respect the fact of my best friend's relationship with a woman that is his priority i'm not even he does the same with me him being a guy he does the exact same with me. He won't text me as much. He will text me saying, hey, how are you? How's everything? And when I text him, I'll always ask, hey, how's you and, you know, your girlfriend? How's the kids? How are you guys getting on? It's always me asking about them as a pair. That's it. Simple. That's called respect. That's actually fucking making her comfortable with the idea of me being his best friend. Because there's that respect. There is nothing wrong with that. Why do people over fucking complicate these things? Why Why is it that there's always questions? Of, why do I have to prove? You're not fucking proving anything, dude. You are just making your partner feel comfortable because you got to understand trust issues are deeply rooted. They are psychologically, emotionally, mentally fucking disturbing. It is extremely hard to trust someone. And, it, and no matter what you do, at the back of our heads, unfortunately, we're still going to have that little uncomfortable tingle. So Rome was not built in a fucking day. It's the same with trust. I've known people for fucking 10 years and they broke my trust after 10 years. So why the fuck are you telling? Like, nah, trust doesn't come within a day. And it takes a hell of a lot to build someone's trust whose trust has been broken multiple times. So... You know what? If you are in a relationship or you're with someone who does have trust issues, please be patient with them. Be fucking patient with them because they're fighting battles that you got no idea of. They're trying to battle the negative thoughts that you have no idea of. If you've never been in that position of being cheated on or being lied to or neglected or abused by even your family members, just just don't. Just don't. Okay? Be patient. But make your person feel comfortable around your friends. Make them priority. I've had this in the past, and I shit you not, where every time like there was an argument, every time there was something said, all of the things that I said, and I'm not going to lie, I, I'm not perfect. Fuck no. I, God help you if you cross me. God help you if I catch you lying. God help you if you've triggered me. When I told you not to. 
I'm not responsible. I'm a human being. I am responsible for my anger if it's done intentionally. If for no reason I am hurting someone. I am completely responsible for that one. But unintentionally, if I am angry and unintentionally I'm saying a lot of bullshit in that anger to you or to the person... Trust me, half the time, I don't even mean half the shit I'm saying. I am just trying to, I'm trying to take out the pain and the hurt the other person's giving me and express it that, look, you are hurting me, so I'm going to hurt you back. But it's unintentional. Do I really mean that? No, I actually don't. I really don't. So... The thing is, I'm not perfect, but it's it's all that anger, all the things that I said during that anger, being taken to a third person and told in a negative light, and their actions and accountabilities just hidden and just me thrown under the fucking bus so that they can play the victim and the they can get the validation for their ego and pride. I mean, at the time, yeah, it fucking hurt. But it happened so very often that I kind of got used to it that I knew it was going to happen the next time. Again, my boundaries were disrespected. So point is... Because I'm making this. I know I'm going to make this very long. Point is. What I learned was. And it was a test. And I think I failed that test. Because I repeated. I gave person too many chances. When I should have left. At the first get go. But I'm happy that the person left. I'm completely happy. I'm completely fucking happy. Like so fucking glad and relieved and happy. Because I have myself back. I am back to who I was. My I, I and I'm so much stronger and so much fucking better. You know, I yeah, my confidence is back and I'm grateful. But if you have set up those boundaries, don't do what I did. Don't give people more than two chances. The first chance is always going to be a mistake on the other part and it's okay. Second chance, get the fuck out. Like seriously, if someone disrespects your boundaries, being a mental health survivor, mental health person, sufferer, who's gone through trauma, pain, and has this consequences of being, having triggers, having moments, just, just fucking leave for your own peace and own goodness. No matter how attractive the guy or the girl is or whatever gender, no matter how attractive they are, no matter how many good moments you have, just fucking leave. Just go. Don't fucking pay attention. No matter if you have strong feelings, doesn't matter. Because, trust me, if it happens after the second time, it got to point number two, the second chance, it's going to happen again and again and again. Because the first time is okay for respect. Uh, Sorry, not respect. The first time is okay for mistake. But the second time, they knew exactly what they were doing. Okay? that they know it's not like they don't know nobody forgets the first time don't fucking tell me a bullshit that someone forget oh sorry i accidentally stepped and you know i accidentally lied to you i accidentally fucking disrespect no 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 the second time is usually on purpose the third time you're a fucking fool to give them more 
fucking leeway and thread than they should already have. Just, just leave. Just go. Don't do that to yourself. Because that is a test. That is the universe testing you. That are you going to, are you going to stand by your word? Are you going to stand by your boundaries and walk away when the time comes for you to walk away? Or are you going to keep on repeating those cycles of getting hurt? So, that was that was something that was asked today of me. One, of course, why didn't I leave? And second, what I think of, you know, relationship as in communication and all of that good stuff. And from my experience now... I'm at a stage where I always say, like, me and my best friend, we, we have a conversation. My best friend always motivates me, always tells me, you will definitely find someone. And you're going to find someone amazing who's going to love you for who you are. And I always say to him, I said, I'm not really looking. And I don't really care. But I know this for sure. The next person to come into my life or the next person that I was going to, you know, say to me, oh, I really like you and I want a relationship. You get one chance with me. I don't even go to stage two of giving you a second chance. No, no. That's off the table. One chance. Because I'm going to make it very loud and clear. My cards will be on the fucking table. This is what I have. This is what I don't want to fucking have in a relationship. And if they don't respect that, I will happily open the door and be like, you may leave. Because I don't want to waste even a single minute trying to explain to an adult how I need to be treated. And call that being selfish, but that is the number one thing when you start being self-aware and when you start discovering your own self-worth, your confidence, and when you go on this journey or this path of healing and fixing and dissecting dissecting every memory everything and fixing yourself and healing and trying to be a better person for yourself the number one thing you have to start thinking selfishly selfishly and that even goes for people like me who are empaths which is the most hardest thing to do trust me for empaths it's impossible they can never ever think about themselves they always have to put other people first but you can, it's not quite as impossible, but you can do it, and it's quite rare, but you can. And I believe I'm at a stage where I'm almost complete with that. I will take time out for myself when I need to take time out. If a relationship comes along, then again, you get one chance with me. One one wrong disrespect, one wrong thing, yeah, there's a door, feel free to leave, because you know what? I, I ain't going to choose pain over peace. I'm going to choose my peace. And that's what I tell. And I would like to tell everybody. Never, ever, ever compromise your peace and your sol solace, your solitude, your happiness, your self-worth. The, the, you know, give, giving you an, an example. When you sit at home in your own house... And you're watching a movie and it's so comfortable and you're peaceful and you're so zoned in your own own space. That, that right there is peaceful. 
That's your peace. That is your safety. So when someone else comes along and tries to interfere with that little space of yours, don't let them. Don't. No, no. No, we don't allow that. Be selfish. Put yourself first. Because question this. Question yourself today. If you're going to question something, and I did this, and trust me, I got the answer immediately. How many times is it that someone puts you first? I mean, in my past, nobody fucking put me first. I was given an illusion. There was a time that I was put first and I was made priority. But then I was dropped as quickly as I was made priority. I was fucking second best. I was an option. I was nothing. It was an illusion. Again, my boundary disrespected. And I fell for it because it was kind of like my fault. Because I gave more chances than I should have. So... Yes, when you're in your self-awareness, self-discovery, you put yourself first. Because nobody else is going to come and do that for you. You put your needs first. And when you come into a relationship, a healthy relationship and a healthy person, even if they have mental health, even if they have a past or a story, doesn't matter. They can still be healing and be full of mistakes. Doesn't matter. Don't take uh, don't take my words of a healthy person means a perfect person. No, 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 no. We all have imperfections. When I say healthy, I mean a person who understands communication, will understand what you need, will put you first, will make you priority alongside with them. Not in front, not in behi- behind them, but by their side, they will hold your hand. So you will be number one right next to them, not somewhere else, not in the front, not behind, not between their legs, but right beside them. That is a healthy person who understands what it takes to build a relationship, who understands the hard work that goes or just genuinely loves you and knows your worth and knows how strong you are. Knows how amazing you are. Knows the struggles and the battles you've been with, been through. And biggest thing, never breaks their promise. Doesn't lie about little things. Remember that. When a person feels like they the the need to lie in a relationship, that is when you need to be cautious. That you don't need to lie in a relationship. You really don't. Like, I remember when I was single and guys would ask me, so are you the jealous type? And I would say, no, not really. I'm the healthy jealous type. In a sense, and I'll give you an example, and I hope, you know, I'm saying this, you know, maybe in the future if I do find someone, I hope and I would do it, do it with the person. If we were, let's say, in a pub or a park, any of those chick is checking my dude out, honestly, I'd look at my dude and I would laugh. I'd be like, hey, hey, guess what? That girl's checking you out. Because in my head, in my head, the expectation, and do not tell me nobody has expectations in relationships or from the other partner because you fucking do. Don't say you don't. And they're, again, they're healthy expectations. So in my head, while I'm saying to my dude and I'm saying, hey, babe, guess what? That girl's checking you out. 
My expectation is he turns over to me and laughs and says, well, I got my girl right next to me. She can check me out all she wants. That, that is trust. That is healthy jealousy. Knowing that, yes, other people can look at your partner, but having the trust that your partner is not going to entertain these people. Simple. And by entertaining, it could be anything. And I'm sorry, this is, and I'm going to pay, I'm going to say gendered or I, not even gender, actually. This doesn't even matter. You could be anyone. Identify as a pineapple if you want to. I don't care. But when two people are in a relationship, remember I said you have 95, 95 to 85% of people around you that are going to be envious. And those people are going to be your good friends, so-called good friends. And both sides, I'm not going to say girls or guys. No, because nowadays both do the same thing. Guys are pretty much as much as a woman and a woman as much as a guy. There is no, I can't really put them in a gender. So identify as whatever or whatever. They would hate the fact that you have become with someone if they secretly liked you. They've You've become with someone uh, and that attention is gone or it's become less so they will kind of feel oh but he was giving or she was giving me this attention and there's always that secret like I've seen plenty of videos happen about this where you know guys have asked their girlfriends to call up their best mates and be like well just tell them that oh you broke up with me and see his answer and 95% of the time it's been true where the girls called up her best friend, uh, her best friend who's a guy, and said, "Oh look, me and my boyfriend we broke up, and I need a shoulder to cry." And she would go, and he would come running, and then he would say, "Oh, I like you, and that I've always liked." It is true; it does happen, and those are the kind of people that you need to be scared of when you get into not scared, but cautious of when you get into a healthy relationship, because those are the people that meddle in your relationship. Those are what I like to call. Homewreckers. Because every time you go to them, they will only give you one-sided bullshit. They'll always be like, oh, you deserve better. Oh, you deserve this. While in fact, the ulterior motive is they don't want to see you happy. They don't want to see you succeed. Because they're jealous. They can't stand that bullshit because they don't have what you have. It's just common sense. So, and it happens on both sides. It happens on male, female, whatever you want to identify as. doesn't matter. It happens. It's common. Hence, choose your friends wisely. Not everyone is your friend. Not everyone is trustworthy. And I'm glad, you know, I have a best friend who's a male. You know, he's a guy. He's older than me. But I'm fucking proud that in the future, if I decide to get with someone, I can proudly tell my person, the other person, and say, I have a male best friend. And guess what? It's not what you're going to think. He's not going to text me so much. He's going to be so happy for me. And he has the love of his life, who he adores and cherishes, cherishes the ground that she walks on. So there's nothing to be scared of. 
Now, tell me your side. How many uh, how many friends do you have exactly? That's gonna be. I'm I'm making that as a lighthearted joke, but yeah. Um, and it and it and and that that's what I consider to be healthy. So, yeah, I got tested recently, and you know what? I did kind of fail because I still hadn't learned the fact of. When I spoke about, when I set up those boundaries, those boundaries were still a little bit weak, you know. And they were weak, so I gave more chances than I should have to the person. I overlooked a lot of bullshit that I, sh you know, I should have, I should have gone within two, three weeks, but I didn't. You know, the two, three weeks were a lot of red flags that came up in those two, three weeks, and a lot of people told me, "You need to get the fuck out. You, you're stupid. You're worth more than this." And in the end, as 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 the person left, I was questioning my worth. I was like, I was sitting there and I was like, I ain't worth shit. That's because although I did set up those boundaries, those boundaries weren't strong enough. So that was a test. So not to say it too long. If you go into a relationship, make sure your boundaries are strong. Make sure your head's strong. Make sure you know exact. you put your foot down and it's not. There's nothing selfish about putting your needs and your wants first along with your partners. It's it's pretty much like your partner needs to do the same thing. They need to put their needs and wants along the table. You need to put yours and you compromise and you build the communication. You build the trust. You build the foundation. And these things, honestly, if you want a really long-term relationship, which nowadays is scarce and rare... If you want that, you're going to be working every fucking day to build on that communication, to build on that trust. Because trust me, there's going to be life and the world and people will come between you two like a bunch of fucking rocks to tear you apart. Because a lot of people don't are not happy with their own lives. They want other people to suffer just like they do. So in that, the best way to survive that is talk, communicate. Always remember, it's not you and the other person against each other. It's you and them fighting the problem, fighting the world, fighting people, pushing them away so that nobody comes in your happiness. Remember that. When you remember that, and you remember a healthy communication, you remember your trust, you build on it every day, like as if, you know, just every day, don't get comfortable, stay consistent with these two things. Trust me, your relationship will fucking last and, pro last and prosper and bloom. You'll be happy. Yes, there are some things that do happen that, you know, we get irritated or we want to be at each other's throats, but still communicate learn and another thing that i would like to say when you get into a relationship is don't expect the person to remain this the, the act let me rephrase that hang on a minute no person will ever stay the same in a relationship there and when i say not stay the same i'm mentioning their personality will grow their character will grow their ideas will change their ambitions are going to change. Their goals are going to change. 
So the person you started dating or the person you knew like for five years, maybe five years down the line, they become more ambitious. They become more um, loving or they become, they've got new ideas. Or they want to change a job and they want to, people change, but you change, you, you, you accept that you grow with them. If they change for the negative, that's a whole different story. But if they change for growth, Trust me, you're gr you're only gonna grow with them if you just accept them. That's again, that's the thing. You love the person for who they are deeply inside. These over things, they're gonna change. That's normal. That's part of life. You grow. You build together. Don't get scared of that. Again, if they change for the negative, then yeah, well, that's their fucking issue. Anyways, this has gone on for fifty six minutes. Uh, exactly an hour wow jesus fucking christ um yeah hopefully that helps i you know i hope i've given some sort of i don't know take whatever you want from this understand whatever you want from this you know i i always have had people come to me about relationships and then you know i yeah i i, I do sometimes sit back and i look at my relationships and i'm like fucking hell and I do say to people, I do laugh about it. I'm like, I can give, not just on relationships, but I can give the greatest advice that you need if if you ever approach me. But then when I look at back my life and I'm like, yeah, I can never take my own fucking advice, which I'm learning to now. I am slowly learning to take my own advice. Um, but yeah, take whatever you want from this video. You know, I, I hope it helps in somewhat way. And tomorrow, maybe I'll come on and do an episode um, a bit more about relationships. And I think I'm going to do something about love and because um, love and grief, actually, because I think it's been playing on my mind. Love and grief um, is something that I do want to talk about. So I'll see you guys tomorrow.